0: faithwire.com it's day 24 haitian missionaries still being held and we did get some proof of life for some of the hostages today's tuesday november 9th 2021 i'm dan andros we'll have this top story and more on today's four and three podcast from cbn's faithwire four big stories three things you need to know about them all from a christian perspective that's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes and subscribe there. We're here Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you join us. And joining me, as always, today, Trey Goins Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's
1: FaithWire.com. What's going on, guys? Doing well. Hey guys. Doing well. All right. So, uh, for the story that I'm covering, it's like a, it, it it's it's the black hole that never ends. Like you can just keep going down this rabbit trail. But we're going to be talking about uh, the Astro World Festival that was in Houston with um, with Travis Scott. There's a whole lot of crazy stuff happening there. There are people on on TikTok who are suggesting there's ties to Satanism, but the 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 part of the story that's so heartbreaking is that eight people so far uh, are dead uh, after this this concert just turned uh, in a bad direction, and one little nine year old boy is in a coma. So we're gonna have some of those details and just try to parse through some of the craziness.
2: Yeah, and on a separate note, we're going to be talking about Eric Metaxas and his new book about atheism, Is Atheism Dead? We sat down with him and sort of talked through his mission to shatter atheists, you know, their, their constant claim that science and religion can't coexist and that, you know, science disproves faith. He's got a great response to that.
0: All right, great. Looking forward to hear that. Uh, we're going to start right now with story number one uh, with the Haitian missionaries still being held in haiti 24 days after uh, being uh, essentially kidnapped so here are three things you need to know starting with uh number one the details a senior biden administration official says that the u.s government they've seen evidence proving that some of the american and canadian missionaries kidnapped last month are still alive uh reuters reports that uh the official who didn't want to be named. Um, they didn't elaborate on exactly what that proof was specifically or which ones were alive and which ones were not alive. Um, as you may recall, as we reported on CBN and Faithwire, there are some young kids in this uh, group of people who were taken, uh, including five children. They were aged from 3, 6, 14, and 15, and then the youngest at just eight months old. And uh, they were kidnapped back on October 16th outside Port au Prince while on their way home from visiting one of the orphanages there. Uh, they're associated from an Ohio based uh, missionary group called Christian Aid Ministries. And uh, they are, quote, a channel for Amish, Mennonite, and other conservative Anabaptist groups uh, and individuals to minister to physical and spiritual needs uh, around the world. So. Um, their latest statement, they said, it's now 24th, the 24th day of this crisis, and our workers and loved ones are still being held hostage in Haiti. We, along with government authorities, continue to work hard to bring them home safely. This is our heartfelt desire, but we want to surrender to God's plan and timing. Um, so a lot of stuff. So number two here, guys, these families are just being put through the ringer, having to wait this out you know, waiting these long days, waiting for news about their loved ones. And, um, you know, it's hard to say exactly why we're not getting lots of details. We're getting little bits and smatterings here and there. But I would hope it's that they're doing it for the protection of these families and and the people that are kidnapped there. And not because they're actually not doing anything. (laughs) I'm hoping that that's um, just a strategy and not actually a result of, well, there's just not much we can do and throwing our hands up in the air here. So, um, the the gang that did it is this four hundred Mowozo gang. They're believed to be behind it. Um, they're asking for a million dollars ransom um, between for for each for each of the captives. That'd be seventeen million in total. And so, uh, just today in the Washington Post, guys, there was a um, a reverend who recalled being kidnapped um, by this same organization, and they just said it was horrible and. Um, you know they were talking about how they didn't get food for days on end and um he said the last week was the most difficult didn't get any food barely any water um and they kind of kept moving them from location to location and you know this this is what they were actually told on their last day listen to this chilling quote they said on their on their third on the way to their third location the gang leader told them Here, we don't have any food, any hospital, any house. We don't have anything, but we have a cemetery. Um, So they just uh, kept praying with one another. Uh, This one reverend here and said, you know, at at hearing that news, they just said, stay faithful, continue to pray. And one day we'll be free. And uh, eventually they were um, freed. But um, obviously we're still waiting for this situation to pan out here. Currently in Haiti with the ones taken, obviously, our prayers uh, are with them and their families.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, the the more we sort of wait and as the days go on, I can't imagine the pain that the families are feeling. Right. Um, especially the one husband whose wife and all of his, you know, his children you know, he happened to stay behind, and they all were abducted, including I think their their little baby. And so it's just you, you feel for these people, and you hope, like you were saying, that they are that they are working diligently. And I would imagine it's so sensitive they are working behind the scenes quietly to try to make this happen. But man, I hope it. I hope it's not like some of the other scenarios where you know people stay you know, for months, if not even over a year. There have been cases of people having to stay in captivity.
1: Yeah. yeah, and there's there's another group uh, that was, I believe, kidnapped in April, sometime in the spring, and it was a Catholic group uh, with a, a few nuns that this gang also kidnapped. So I was talking with uh, David Curry over at Open Doors a, a couple weeks ago, and he was saying that this is part of a trend that they're seeing more and more in Haiti. And I know, Dan, you and I have talked about this. It's when you're in a desperate culture. And there's so much corruption everywhere. Uh, like people, people resort to this kind of stuff. Like this kind of sin uh, starts to rear its ugly head more and more. Um, so, and it's incredible to see that the the families, while certainly they're grieving and are scared and 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 feeling every emotion that there is, they also have been releasing statements saying, "Please continue to pray also for." Our captors, like are their captors, you know, pray for these gang members uh, that they would come to to know Christ the way that we do. So uh, it's just an incredible story all around. And like both of you said, just continuing to pray for their release and that they're released safely and and unharmed.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%.
1: So, all right, story number two. And this one is just a – it boggles my mind because there's so many pieces of it that uh, I don't think any of the three of us really understand, but um, (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> so there are uh, some social media users who are now uh, on TikTok, it's gone viral, uh, who, are, who are suggesting that there's a link to Satanism uh, following a deadly ascent. All I can call it is a mob uh, is really what it looks like at, at an Astroworld Festival concert in Houston late last week. It was on Friday night. Uh, at least eight people now, like I said at the top of the, the podcast, are now dead. Uh, And there's one nine-year-old boy in a coma. So for months, law enforcement apparently in Houston have been raising concerns about safety during the festival. They're saying, we don't have enough bandwidth. There are not enough security officials. Uh, This is not planned out well enough. Uh, They were warning that something like this could potentially happen. Mm. Uh, The police chief, Troy Finner, uh, he even went to Travis Scott just before he went on stage uh, to his trailer on Friday evening and said, look, the energy of the crowd is insane. It's over the top. It's larger than we were even anticipating. We don't think it's wise for this to go on the way it is. Uh, You need to scale back or, you know, reschedule, you know, do something because we just, we do not have the the manpower to handle this. Uh, Obviously that went unheeded and they proceeded with, uh, with the concert. And two of the eight people who were literally, and this is devastating, but were crushed to death, uh, were a, a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old, and then, like I said, that 9-year-old who's now in a medically induced coma because he's, he's having so many so many health issues, uh, after literally being just trampled uh, by this, this mob that just kind of uh, closed in on the stage as the concert was going. They moved closer and closer and closer and closer in, um, and uh, the police declared this a mass casualty event, uh, but even after declaring that, uh, Travis Scott and his team, they kept going with the concert for another about 40 minutes, uh, according to the police, before they called it off. And that, that they only called it off about 30 minutes ahead of schedule. Uh, so the fire chief, uh, Samuel Pena, he said on Sunday to The New York Times that it was really only Scott... Uh, who could have stepped in and paused the show. He said the one person who can really call for and get a tactical pause when something goes wrong is the performer. They have the bully pulpit and they have a responsibility. If somebody would have said, hey, shut this thing down and turn on the lights until this thing is corrected, uh, and that coming from the person with the mic, he said, I think that could have been very helpful. Uh, but that obviously didn't happen. So here's the here's the the sa- Satanism thing uh, on TikTok. Uh, it, these videos racked up millions of views with people pointing out that the stage uh, was reportedly shaped like an inverted cross. Uh, that Scott was wearing an, an odd T-shirt that looked to have like red demons printed on it. It was like they were blue, and then they walked through a doorway and they became red, and they had horns on their heads. Uh, and people said that the stage looked like a portal. Uh, with the message C on the other side was was projected onto the screen in the center. Uh, so those are those are connections that people have argued. They think you can link all those together. Now we don't obviously have any idea like there's no way to prove that at this point. All of that is just people's opinions based on what they've looked at uh, on social media. So but there are videos that seem to show, uh, again, still unproven, but seemed to show negligence on the part of Scott and his crew. There's one viral video in particular, guys, uh, that shows a panicked man and woman climbing up a ladder at, at, at one point uh, to talk to the video team. And they were screaming to them while they were, you know, had their cameras trained on, on Scott. They were screaming to them that someone in the audience had died, and they urged them to stop the show, and it appears like the workers are kind of ignoring their pleas and just shooing them away, Uh, so that video has gotten a whole lot of traction, and here are just a few comments, and I'll get y'all's reactions, but here are just a few comments from people who were at the the show. They described it as scary. Um, Somebody said, uh, there's people looking at me like scared. They had wild eyes. Um, another said that uh, the show was like hell. Uh, everybody was just in the back trying to rush to the front. Uh, that, another person said, I'm glad none of us got hurt, but we saw people passing out and just getting injured. There was just so many people. It felt like a million people at once, people passing out. They couldn't even catch their breath. Uh, and then another person said, this was not a concert. This was a fight for survival. Somebody else said they were terrified. Another added that it was a nightmare. Uh, She said it was insane to see so many just run others over like wild animals. People did not care. They still tried to squeeze through just to get to the front without thinking of the consequences and who it would affect. And then another person said that it was a death trap with kids dropping left and right. And there are hundreds reportedly injured. So, and Scott released a statement of his own uh, saying that he didn't realize that that the the violence had escalated the way that it did. And he said, he's just devastated. And that he said he couldn't make out what was going on, but he tried to pause, uh, you know, when when he found out something was going on. Um, but that's all he's said so far. And there's an ongoing investigation. The police have opened a, a homicide investigation too, because I should mention this. I said, I was just going to, but so there's was a a police or security guard who was trying to detain somebody uh, and at that point he was injected with a syringe according to the police department and and they had to use narcan to bring him back because he immediately passed out so there's just so many layers to this like i said it's just a, a rabbit hole that just keeps going but i what are y'all's guys thoughts on on this it's weird
2: <laughs> i mean I, like i i think that it just all boils down it's a very strange yeah situation and of course it's very easy to dismiss any of these theories as crazy you know, right. you can understand though when you start to look at the details how people who are prone to maybe going there would mm-hmm. start to piece these little puzzle things together and assume there's something else going on I mean look h- how else do you process pending the video is accurate and true the weird sort of humming str- as they're carrying a body out we don't know if that person was just passed out or dead You know, Travis Scott is, is doing this weird auto-tune hum there's a lot of weird things it just seems like very clearly this was not a safe event it was not well thought out and they didn't really have a plan for what to do if they did it would have happened in order to contain this sort of thing pending it would unfold in that way so yeah I mean that's my summary it's bizarre
0: yeah and I I mean you just I'd like to give the guy the benefit of the doubt I don't know I mean people are taking these clips and I, I don't know maybe there is something to it but on the other hand you think okay I haven't seen any of his other shows. Maybe he does this at every show. Maybe that's just I can totally see if he's giving a performance and there's a crowd going crazy that he's focused on his performance and not, you know, you a lot of times when you're on stage somewhere, you can't you can't yeah. see. You've got all the lights on you. You can't really see what's going on, on in the crowd. Again, I don't know if that was the case here, but just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's very understandable that he would if nobody told him what was going on. That he would just keep going with the show, right? Like
1: Yeah. It is possible that he might not have seen all this stuff, but he does have a well-documented history of inciting violence at his concerts. Like you can Google that. That's like something that's he's, he's been charged for that kind of stuff. So that it's like not, it's not just conjecture, right? That's something that's been shown to be a pattern of his. Um, So that's, that's something to consider too. And there are videos showing purportedly showing that even before the concert started, they had already lost control. I mean, there was a, a, a moment where a bunch of kids like teenagers, uh, young t- teenagers broke down a fence that was separating uh you know people from from coming into the venue uh, they broke it down and just rushed into the into the venue that was already a sold-out crowd of 50,000 plus people uh, so i mean it's just way 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 too many people in this venue and then like we've said a few times they just the city was not prepared for it and the astroworld staff was clearly not prepared for it either so just a devastating story all around yeah. and Uber bizarre. Okay, where is and, Anthony Fauci? I'm uh, sorry, I just had to. Add, where is it? because <laughs> I understand these
2: people were not crowded on a beach in Florida. So, but they were. I mean, the fifty thousand people at a concert, I mean, super
1: spreader event. There, huh? yeah,
2: yeah. no, that is it. Is actually interesting that this massive event went on. To begin with. Well, I was, was just going Texas.
0: I, I was just going to. Yeah, that's true that the, the, the pandemic doesn't exist in Texas. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I was just going to say after I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, Trey just uh, shot that one into pieces. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and retract trying to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah. Sorry about
2: that. <laughs> well, maybe he didn't, maybe he, like, but it is possible. Like, you know, it is possible. Can we just all agree that an auto tomb hum is not appropriate
1: ever? Yeah, that's yes, weird. That's true. You should all, never always. do that.
0: Particularly not when people may be dying at your concert. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, but that is bizarre. Autotune is never
1: appropriate anyway. (laughs) No,
0: no, no, it's not. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a sign of the times. But yeah, a tragic situation all the way around. And, uh, you know, hopefully there was no, you know, it was just one of those things where a crowd gets out of control. And I don't understand why parents are letting their nine-year-olds go to something like this. This is just something I will never understand as a parent. Not For happen. some
1: of the younger people, it's not really clear, like, were they just in the mob that broke into the concert or were they people who bought tickets? Like, there's so many questions that aren't answered. But yeah, like, if I've got a nine-year-old, I'm going to know where he or she is and they're not going to be there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, mean <laughs> I
2: have a nine-year-old and I I can't even picture her being in a setting like that.
1: Yeah.
0: No. And like, I, you know, I've been in, whenever you're in a crowd too, you're just paranoid that they're, because my, you know, my 10-year-old, I have 10 and 12-year-old and a six-year-old Boys and my 10 year old just kind of is one of those. He's a little spacey when he's walking around, like some are a little more aware of their surroundings. Whereas <laughs> my one son, he'll just walk and like he won't pay attention and like he's going one way. We're like, hey, come, come on, buddy, come this way. And um, so I'm always just hyper alert of where they are. And so I can't even fathom just they're at a concert like this that's in an insane one, nevertheless. And uh, you just wonder how that even. I mean, maybe I guess the parents are there or something, but it just seems it just seems ill-advised. Not
1: well, not
0: that's something that's I would do. Maybe maybe I'm too much of a helicopter parent, but it's not something I would do.
2: Covid has make has made people. I mean, I think that that year and a half uh, with all the shutdowns it made people crazy, and so it doesn't surprise me that we're having these weird events still unfold. You know, who knows? Who knows the impetus for all of it? But you know, it's like, oh, we got out of the house finally. I know, I, I get it's Texas, and they've probably been getting out of the house for a while. But <laughs> yeah, you, know, you get everybody together, and you have these things happen. And it's just, I, I think we're still seeing these weird residual effects of everything we've gone through as a culture the last two years. Yeah,
0: indeed. Yeah all right hey let's uh head into story number three here billy what do you got
2: all right so a little bit lighter in some ways uh thankfully but it's eric metaxas (laughs) uh and if you're not familiar with eric metaxas he is a well-known author radio host podcaster or speaker and he's got a new book out is atheism dead and this is really I think an attempt for him to sort of shatter atheists they have this wearied and you know unvaried claim that they're constantly saying you know that science and religion you know con- counteract each other you can't have science and religion together that science disproves faith I mean these are the sort of regular atheist mantras we hear and yet in this book with the title alone is atheism dead he's taken that old adage, is God dead, which actually comes from a 1966, I think that was the year, um, Time magazine cover where Time asked, is God dead? You know, He's sort of saying, Eric, and we sat down and talked with him, guess what? Not only is God not dead, atheism doesn't comport with science. Atheism is a violation of science. Science is actually pointing us toward an almighty, and we've heard these arguments before but he makes a really compelling case and you know he's written a lot of books he's written biographies he's done kids books he's done so much but this is a unique book and it's one that he told us he felt he needed to write because over the years he was encountering so much archaeology so much science that was really pointing back to a creator he said quote it became so overwhelming that at some point I said this is nuts I've got to write about this and so he sat down wrote this book and the book is doing really well because I think what it's doing is it's giving people both who are believers and Christians and people who maybe are on the fence. And I would say non-believers too, who are obviously going to be skeptical of the book, a whole list of points of proof that he feels corroborate, faith and that and this is scientific proof things like the recent finding of the biblical city of Sodom you know there are there are scientists who believe they have located that city archaeologists and that's a really interesting thing and you've got a lot of people as he was talking about in our interview who are digging who are archaeologists who are out there finding all sorts of things that seem to be backing the Bible you know we're not hearing about a lot of things that are disproving the biblical narrative we're hearing a lot of information that actually backs it. And so he had one quote that I loved. He said, science is not pushing faith out. Science is pushing atheism out. And so he's really going after that that sort of secular realm here. But he made some important points about why as Christians, you know, we can walk around all day and say, oh, we believe, we believe, but we're in a really chaotic culture. And when we don't teach our kids the reason why we believe and what that truth looks like, he said that can actually lead us to a a very crazy place where we accept bad ideas. And he said that's kind of why we are where we are right now because a lot of people aren't teaching their kids truth. They're not reminding themselves of truth. And in the case of what he's talking about, that truth is the actual facts that he believes back our our faith and, you know, back what the Bible says. Now, I want to kind of point out one verse, and then I'll get your reaction on this. But Romans one i I've always loved this scripture, and it's really in line with what Metaxas is talking about. Uh, But it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. And that scripture has always stuck out to me as a, as a really, really powerful one. And it just sort of illuminates what he's talking about here.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I, you, you got to appreciate going down this road because uh, the science does seem to, it seems to keep pointing to scripture the the more mm-hmm. we learn. I mean, it does. Uh, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken here, but it does certainly seem like like bring it on, bring on these discoveries. Discoveries. I know a lot of people, at least a lot of atheists, try to present this image that Christians are afraid of the science and and it's conflicting as you were mentioning there, Billy. But it do, it sure does seem that um anytime one of these new revelations comes out, it's like oh well that makes sense from a Christian worldview. <laughs> so yeah. I'm never really afraid when these things start coming out.
1: Yeah, and you know I think the more we discover in the, this like to Metaxas the point of his book is the more we discover about science and the more we learn about our faith as believers, we see, we see that science is not in competition with a lot of this stuff. It complements a lot of this stuff. Uh, it doesn't necessarily always prove something uh, like literally a, a biblical story, but it certainly proves uh, these, the in, the likelihood of intelligent design. Like it, it, it points to a lot of this stuff. And then there's also archeological finds and all this kind of stuff, uh, which I'll talk about as well that just it corroborates a lot of stuff in scripture and i think it can't come at a better time because right now since covid uh there's this subtle thing that i've seen happening on social media um from a lot of people too who would describe themselves as christians um who i mean i'm not saying that they're not but like uh, so but they're capitalizing the word science like the s has to be capitalized like it's some sort of I don't know, like almighty thing. So it's like there, people are looking so much to science right now. Uh, I think, um, you know, almighty science is like the, the lower G God uh, that I think, you, you know, these kinds of conversations are becoming more and more important to have. Uh, so I'm glad that, that he's talking about it, that Lee Strobel has talked about it uh, in his journey to obviously his famous journey to disprove God's existence ended up with him becoming a believer. So I think there are several of these stories, uh, and it's just we have to, to, to be willing to tell them. And BioLogos is another. They, they try to argue that, you know, science does not disprove God. Science backs up God. Uh, we need to embrace it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you, Dan, as far as, you know, when when new discoveries come out and, and new things are found, that's not something we as Christians should be scared of. We should look into it and say, like, okay, where is God in the midst of this? Because we know he's there.
2: Mm, Yeah, that's so, that is so, that is so true. And I think, you know, when you look at just the human body, the eyes, and I'm not, I am not a scientist, right? But when you look at the complexity of every part of our body and the way that our world works and how perfect all the different elements are and how they work together, it almost seems like an insane (laughs) conclusion to walk away and be like, oh yeah, all, all an accident. Happy accident. Yeah, it it, it does.
0: It seems preposterous actually. And, um, you know when That you, takes
1: more faith than, than oh. believing in a creator.
0: Well, and not to mention that there's never been an example any time in history of you know dumping a bunch of cells into a, a bucket and then watching <laughs> it fizz for a while and seeing it come out with something perfectly rational and logical and with a design and a purpose and a function and everything else. And like you said, especially you get under that microscope and you look not only at just our design... But then you start seeing the the proteins and the cells and they're all moving around and doing little jobs. Hmm. And it's just like, well, how did that happen? You know, what who's telling them little things what to do? Like, how do they know? And (laughs) and so I'm I'm with yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I don't know how you don't at least come away saying, Wow, this is a great design. I mean, it's it's like the old thing. You don't look at a building and go, wow, that's amazing. All those bricks just fell into that shape.
2: Well, and like yeah. the go-to, well, evolutionary go-to, I find it fascinating. It's like, oh, no, no, it's all a mistake. It came from here and it just all evolved. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, Picasso painted lots of things and they have similar attributes because Picasso is the one who created them. I mean, they don't even think beyond just the basics of if there's one creator, there's going to be similarities in his right, creation. Right. Yeah, it's – it's now, by the way, Metaxas talks about a lot of this in our interview, which we've written up and we've got a great you know video of him talking about it, but – but it's all important for us to take in, I think, especially mm-hmm. when you're a parent and you have kids to raise and teach. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, well, I just wanted to add to... Yeah, go ahead. Oh,
1: okay, go ahead. No, no, no Well, I was it. just going to say that, uh, you know, I, I've heard Mark Lowry say this. I'm sure it might not be original to him. Others have probably said it. But uh, no matter how many times you try it, if you put a watch, a broken watch with all of its pieces into a Ziploc bag and shake it, no matter how long you shake it, it's never going to come out of the bag ticking and on time. Uh, <laughs> only a God, only a creator can do that. Yeah. So it's just... Uh, yeah, it's just it's an encouraging story that he's written this book. And don't be afraid of the science. Look yeah. into it.
0: All right, I know we're running out of time here. So real quick, time for reaction to one more story, guys. Um, the movie, The Most Reluctant Convert. Uh, I didn't even know this thing was out until I saw it on our website on CBN.com. And um, it, it chronicles one of the more famous former atheists, uh, C.S. Lewis, and uh, his his story. I mean, he's probably one of the more beloved Christian writers of all time. And uh, his story's out there. Did you guys even know this was out there? I had had no idea.
2: I did. No, I didn't. I did know it was out there, and I was really intrigued by it. And actually, my church this past weekend organized a trip to go and see it. So I I think people are finding out more and more about it now that it's out there, and it's kind of snowballing, which is kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah, take a look. If you look on CBN.com, the article's up there on the homepage, and um, it looks like they had an initial, it was kind of one of those one-weekend deals, and i guess it did so well that they're they added dates so uh, you still may have That's a chance awesome. to catch it and see that story because of course uh, cs lewis um i mean i would guess there's probably no bigger christian writer uh, in history than cs lewis uh,
2: well, Trey Goynes-Phillips. Well, besides
0: yeah, besides Trey and Billy there, obviously, oh, if you, yeah, if right. you combine <laughs> you two, like maybe it starts to come close. <laughs> One thousandth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not all right, even. Let's, <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for today. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We will be back here tomorrow. God bless. Have
1: a great rest of the day.